You are Locked On Kings, your daily podcast on the Sacramento Kings. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And now, ladies and gentlemen, it is that time. Time for another episode of Locked On Kings. Man, it was an up and down weekend, not just for the Sacramento Kings, but also for your boys' health. But I'm good. I'm okay. I'm back. I'm excited to be hosting today's Locked on Kings podcast, where you're finally going to hear my conversation with Doug Christie, Sacramento Kings legend, current television broadcaster. Now, I'm going to have to provide a little bit of context before this interview because we recorded it well before this weekend began. Unfortunately, the Kings lose to the San Antonio Spurs, essentially ending their chance at the play-in, although there is still a tiny itty-bitty chance. I'll fill you in on what has to happen if the Kings are actually going to make the play-in, plus the Kings very victorious over Oklahoma City last night. We'll talk about it on today's episode of the Locked on Kings podcast. Hello and welcome into Locked on Kings, your podcast hub for Sacramento Kings coverage all regular season and all off-season. If you're looking for in-depth analysis, game-by-game breakdowns, highlights, interviews with local and national experts, full coverage of the Sacramento Kings from January through December. This is the place for you, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. And today's episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sent you. My name is Matt George. I have the privilege of being your host here. I've been a Sacramento sports radio host for the last six years. This is season number seven for me, covering the Kings both as an on-air host and multimedia journalist. And I really do apologize for missing the Friday episode of Locked on Kings. It was not my intention. I recorded my interview with Doug Christie on Thursday, expecting to release it on Friday as well as a preview of that big Kings and Spurs game. But I got my second vaccine. I got the Pfizer vaccine, and it did a number on me. Now, it didn't completely knock me out, uh, but it came pretty close. And I'm not going to try and scare you if you uh, haven't gotten your second vaccine yet. In fact, I encourage you, I desperately encourage you to go and get it if you're uh, looking for that encouragement to go out and get that vaccine or if you have the capability of get, getting the vaccine. I'm telling you, the process of getting it was as easy as it could possibly be here in Sacramento, and I'm very happy uh, that I went through what I went through in order to get vaccinated. I'm very excited to say I am vaccinated uh, and that I can go forward with a little less concern for myself and my family. But the second Pfizer shot, man, it did a number on me, and and without going into too much detail, I'll just say my body was sore, exhausted, all out of whack. Uh, I had to sleep and sweat through all of it. Uh, and unfortunately, it, it let me or left me incapable of recording the final podcast, even from home on Friday. So it, it knocked me out for Friday and a little bit on Saturday. I'm very sorry I wasn't able to release this interview sooner, but it is here for you today. And thankfully, we spend more of the conversation. In fact, we spend basically all of the conversation not previewing or talking about anything current, but talking about the season as a whole, talking about defensive philosophies, talking about certain players, especially Marvin Bagley. So the conversation is still current. Uh, you're still going to want to listen to it. Doug Christie is always a phenomenal guest. 
podcast is going to provide a lot of excellent context that you're just not going to get anywhere else. Perspective that only he can bring. I'm very excited to play it for you in just a little bit. Before that, though, let's talk about the San Antonio Spurs loss and let's talk about the Oklahoma City Thunder win. Not going to spend too much time on these games because really the Oklahoma City Thunder game last night, it, it should have mattered more than it did, I guess. I wish it mattered more than it did. It was a blowout. It was nice to see the Kings on the strong end or the right end of a blowout win. What was very odd, though, about this game was that Vlade Divac, former general manager Vlade Divac, was in attendance. Now, I wish I could just say that Sacramento Kings legend whose jersey is in the the rafters of the Golden One Center, I wish I could just say he was in attendance because that would make sense. Of course, a Kings legend would want to stop by from time to time. But seeing as how Vlade stepped down as the Kings general manager less than a year ago, to see him sitting courtside with owner Vivek Ranadive and general manager Monty McNair, his replacement, was very interesting, something I didn't expect to see. Now, there were videos caught by uh, Chris Watkins from Sports 1140 KHDK, Sean Cunningham from ABC10, uh, of all three of them talking on the sidelines after the game. There was a really cool video by Chris Watkins of Marvin Bagley, uh, Harrison Barnes, Buddy Heald, Luke Walton coming over to say hi to Vlade and give him hugs and shake his hand and stuff like that. I thought it was really cool to see Vlade there. I thought it was really good on Vlade to um, have the strength, and maybe I'm making this a little dramatic, but to after everything failed in Sacramento, or not everything, but most things failed that you tried and you were not able to be successful as a general manager, you stepped down from your job, which of course there's speculation of how much did Vlade step down and how much was Vlade actually encouraged to step down or fired, whatever. For him to come back and so soon sit and be willing to engage in conversation. I assume they were talking about basketball. I assume they were talking about the Sacramento Kings. I'm sure they were talking about other things as well. But to see Vlade willing to spend time with his former boss and with his replacement and and be back inside the Golden One Center so soon after uh, losing his job or, or stepping down from his job, I thought it was really cool. Now, it also made me a little bit nervous, I'm not going to lie, because the, the Kings, you know their tendency of having too many voices, too many cooks in the kitchen, too many opinions. So I hope Vlade isn't back in any kind of advisor role. I hope he was just there because he was back in town and he's still on the payroll and wanted to catch a game and still friends with Vivek and friends with Monty McNair and wanted to support uh, the players that he had signed and he had gotten to know through his time there. Hopefully that was the reason why he was there and he was not brought in by Vivek to advise Monty in any way. And maybe Monty asked for some advice or maybe Monty asked for some opinions and that's always great. But um, (laughs) I hope Vlade is not along with Joe Dumars, an advisor for Monty McNair to throw a wrench into things any more than they already have been. So that was really the only thing to talk about from last night's game, other than the fact that DeLon Wright, uh, Mo Harkless had a phenomenal game. Uh, Terrence Davis, these guys continue to look really good. Damian Jones as well. Um, There's a question that I threw out about taking this current group of reserves that are now playing a lot of starters with the amount of injuries that the Kings have, 
Um, and if they were on the team this entire year, how good would this Kings team have been? I'm going to spend a lot of time on tomorrow's podcast answering that question and another question uh, that I brought up on, on last night's game. And I think that I'm going to include a guest, or I'm going to try including a guest in the conversation so it's not just me. I'll pose those questions again at the end of the podcast so you can reflect on it, you can think on it, and even send your answers to me. And maybe I'll include some of your answers on tomorrow's Locked on Kings podcast as as well. But going back to the San Antonio Spurs game, I was disappointed, of course, that the Kings were not able to win that game. It seems like the Kings always fall short uh, in meaningful games here in Sacramento. Uh, but the, the cards were stacked against them from the beginning. For the most part, San Antonio was healthy. They had their their big players and uh, DeMar DeRozan and, and Murray and all those players available. Uh, and unfortunately, Sacramento, being without Harrison Barnes, without uh, Tyrese Halliburton, without De'Aaron Fox, it was going to be an uphill battle. And I, I found myself honestly not really angry about anything in that game. I, I was disappointed, like I said, but I mean, I thought DeLon Wright did well. I was a little disappointed that Marvin, after the great game that he had against the Indiana Pacers, I was disappointed that they didn't get more out of him or didn't get really much out of him in that game. They really could have used not necessarily a 30-point game or even a 25-point game from Marvin, but they needed more than four points and two rebounds in only 19 minutes. And it wasn't the best matchup for him, but that was a real important opportunity for Marvin to step up. And unfortunately, he didn't step up necessarily as much as the Kings wanted. Just goes to show that you can't put too many eggs in any one basket. I was very thrilled with the performances from Marvin Bagley to that point. But when they really needed him in that game, he just unfortunately wasn't there. Am I blaming the loss on Marvin Bagley? No, I'm not. I'm more blaming the loss on the fact that the Kings didn't have their most important players. And it's a shame, too, because had they won that game and pulled it within, I think, a game of that final spot after what they did to the Oklahoma City Thunder last night, what they're expected to do to the Oklahoma City Thunder in their rematch tomorrow, then two games coming up against Memphis, and then the final game of the season against Utah, Sacramento had a really good chance of actually making it. Now, before we move on to the Doug Christie interview, I will share with you the scenarios that will officially eliminate the Kings from the play-in over the course of these final few games this season. These are provided by Tim Maxwell of uh, the Kings Herald. Two Spurs wins, one Spurs win and one Kings loss, three Pelicans wins, two Pelicans wins and one Kings loss, or two Kings losses. Any of those take place, the Kings are officially eliminated from the play-in. So... It's very likely that the Kings will be eliminated from the play-in here in the final few games. This episode of the Locked on Kings podcast is brought to you by Indeed. You're the hiring expert for your company, and what you really need is help making your shortlist of quality candidates. You need a hiring partner who helps make your life easier. You need Indeed. Indeed is the job site that makes hiring as easy as one, two, three, post, screen, and interview, all on Indeed. Get your quality shortlist of candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job description faster, only pay for the candidates that meet must-have qualifications, and schedule and complete video interviews in your Indeed dashboard. Indeed makes connecting with and hiring the right talent fast and easy with tools like Indeed Instant Match, giving you quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed fit your job description immediately, and Indeed skill tests that on average reduced hiring times by 27%. According to Talent Nest, Indeed delivers four times more hires than all other job sites combined. If you're hiring, you need Indeed. 
Get started right now with a free $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash locked. That's $75 credit at Indeed.com slash locked. Indeed.com slash locked. Offer valid through June 30th. Terms and conditions apply. Things are fun right now in Kingsland, and how fun is it to have Doug Christie back on the Locked on Kings podcast? Of course, former Sacramento King, current television broadcaster, and DC, uh, before we get into everything, we uh, we both got our, our, our second uh, vaccination shots today. So how are you feeling? A little sore? No, I, you know what? I didn't get sore after the first one. Arms may be a little tender, but uh, your boy is feeling all right. I'm feeling good. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to figure out if I'm afraid of that. 24 hours from now thing or not that I've heard those horror stories from some people but my experience was was super easy super smooth with UC Davis Health getting that second vaccine and I, I got the card I'm excited to just stare at it be able to <laughs> bring it to sporting events with me in the future hopefully it'll be a lot of those cards getting mm-hmm. 17,000 back in the Golden 1 Center next Man, season. Man I can't even imagine 17,000 people getting to watch De'Aaron Fox and Halliburton and oh my Marvin the things that he's been like Monty McNair, Luke Walden, and everybody. Ah, man, I am ready. Can you just think of some of the shots, some of the plays that have been made? That place is ready to define itself because it has not the way that Arco did, but it's ready. The first person I thought of was Tyrese Halliburton while you were uh, speaking there because he's gotten to experience it now on a very tiny level with like 2,600 or however many uh, are allowed uh, inside the Golden 1 Center. But there were some some huge shots he hit at the beginning of the season that I couldn't help but feel like, man, Tyrese has been robbed of too many pop moments already in the NBA, especially from the Sacramento crowd. He hasn't gotten the Kings experience yet. Yeah, he's got his top shot on, though. I will say that. (laughs) He he is. He's king of the top shot. Um it's a special thing, man. I, I don't. Uh, pe- people don't really realize it, and I think some of the players don't actually realize it because the Kings have not been good. They, they just, frankly, they, they, they haven't. There's been moments, and even in those moments, you got to kind of vibe and feel Bogdan's game winner versus the Lakers and things like that. I mean, can imagine Harrison Barnes fadeaway versus the Cleveland Cavaliers for the game, or trending toward that C word. I don't use the P word. The P word, that's why we don't make the P's. You need to word, use the C word, and then you, use the, you, you make it to the P's. So when we start thinking championship, we'll make the playoffs. DC, I don't know if I ever told you this, but I was actually nervous when the G1C first entered. I, I, didn't, I intentionally didn't go to the preseason games really? before the regular season started because I wanted my first experience to be that home opener versus San Antonio. But I was nervous because I grew up a child of Arco Arena and the Arco Thunder and how loud that building got, fans being on top of everybody. And I saw the pictures of the open concourse, the air hanger doors, and thinking, man, this, this looks amazing. But are we going to lose that Sacramento volume? And we haven't seen the playoffs yet or a championship yet in that building, and it gets plenty loud in there. No, it, it does, and that's what I mean by defining itself. There, There's going to be moments. There's going to be a home court advantage where, uh, to be honest with you, we had the, um, the head coach of the Republic that, that came on the show. And I was mightily impressed by his approach because he wanted a nasty, gritty, get-at-you approach that when teams walk into the Golden 1 Center, they should walk out and the Kings should have a pound of flesh and send them on their way. And it takes a second to to build that because you got to take your lumps. And there's been a lot in 15 years, but 
I'm um, I'm so excited for Kings fans because n- nothing more do I want to, than to see them raise and hoist the championship trophy. So all those fans that were not able to get it during our area can can experience something like that because the, these fans are and I've been obviously to every arena. I've been around the NBA my entire life pretty much since I, I can remember and. I I haven't run into fans like these. I mean, I've I've experienced Portland when Jerome Kersey was there and I was a friend of his and that was only show in town and they were really good and they turned up. Um, but this is a special bunch. I, I There were no times like Arco Arena and I'm ready for Golden One Center to define itself the same way. Bit of a two-part question here. Do you ever remember in your playing days an opponent – stepping or, or talking to you about coming to play at Arco Arena and being intimidated or admitting they were intimidated by it? And then was there a time when you could tell players were intimidated maybe before tip-off, during the playoffs, even during the regular season with how rowdy it got in that building? You felt, oh, man, he's, he's shaky. He's feeling it. You know, it wouldn't necessarily be at the tip-off. And, and I don't think that walking into the arena necessarily intimidated the player, um, especially not the great players. The environment actually enhances. Right, they want it. They want it. Um, but there are moments during the game when it's six point game, and within ninety seconds, it's a seventeen point game, and it's three steal dunk alley oop three timeout. Oh my God! It, it it gets so loud, and then the the cowbells and different things. I mean, just watching someone just kind of put their head down and walk to the huddle was very uh, enjoyable for me. <laughs> well, that's I mean, I, I remember Kobe and 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 Shaq, and I then hated it. Now love that that environment brought out the best out of them to where you could see the why Kobe was such the perfect villain for us here in Sacramento for me growing up is you could see the coy little smile he'd get on his face or just the blank I got you stare that he'd have when he'd hit a big shot in front of that Arco crowd and he didn't have to say a word he'd let his game do the talking for him I'm excited to see an environment come like that to Golden One Center but DC going back to your playing days 2003 mm-hmm. was the last time the Kings won four straight road games Lord and now Lord. This team did it without Fox, without Halliburton, without yeah. Harrison Barnes. This has been a weird season. There have been a lot of unexplainable things about this team in my mind, but that might be close to the top. It, it's um, we just had we just talked to Luke Walden, and it, it. I said, you know, Luke, explain kind of the ups and downs, and it's really hard to explain them. To be honest with you, I think that you got to take COVID into consideration. I got to think that you take lack of practice time into consideration. I think that you also got to look that, yeah, the Kings lost by 49, but then the next night a team loses by 59. Yeah. Like there's been some big blowouts, not to mention, how many times have we seen a team up by 20 and down by 10? Like it's this is the biggest swing because the game is settled behind the three-point arc, and all of a sudden if you get hot, you can get back in a ball game. For the Kings, it's been the inability and the inconsistency on the defensive end that has been the the stone in their shoe on so many nights, and it's an approach. It, it has to improve. And I would say this, over that four-game stretch, and there have even been times when the Kings are losing that I see, and I know Kings fans don't want to hear that. I'm like, oh, okay, I see. We're improving. I, I like that. Even like Marvin the other night, looking at him, help defense real quick, stole the basketball, contesting, uh, paying attention on the weak side in ways that I know Luke watches film with him and they work on it, but it's different to translate it to the floor when you know you, you got some all-star in the corner and you're trying to lean towards them, but then you got another all-star 
starting to paint. You're trying to lean towards them, and then there's someone driving at you, and you don't know. And you got to have those reps. And um, little steps on the defensive end, I think, are going to be the biggest thing for the Kings to not um, experience the type of years that they have been experiencing. And also, uh, Matt, I, I know you listen to the show sometimes. Um, is a definable culture and systematic approach. When that is defined, because if you go go back anytime you want and look at all the championship teams that have won championships, all of them have a style. Still plenty more to my conversation with Doug Christie. Really the meat and potatoes of the interview coming up, so stick around for that. Before that, though, today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. With the baseball season in full swing, you can track all of the action at Bet Online. Get the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including the MLB, NBA, NHL, NFL, and all your UFC MMA action. Before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check Check out all the greatest sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to the NBA playoffs. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use promo code LOCKEDON. That's BetOnline, the official sports gambling partner of the Locked On Podcast Network and your online sportsbook experts. While I was knocked out over the weekend recovering from that second vaccine shot, I didn't have too much of an appetite, but what I did have still was an appetite for Built Bars, and believe me, these protein bars help me get through. Built Bars, the best tasting protein bar ever. They taste like candy bars, so it was like I was rewarding myself for battling the sickness with a delicious treat that was also healthy for me. What is your Built Bar flavor? There are nine delicious flavors plus the occasional limited time flavors. You know my favorite flavor is mint brownie my wife's favorite flavor is cookies and cream she also loves peanut butter brownie what is yours let me know there's something for everyone if you haven't tried all the flavors you can get a mixed box where you'll get two of each of the nine flavors right now and not only are built bar flavors the best tasting but they're healthy also most of the flavors have 17 grams of protein only 130 calories only four grams of sugar and only four grams of net carbs Order today and get that raspberry or mint brownie or whatever you like. Go to BuiltBar.com, use promo code LOCKED15, and you'll get 15% off of your first order. Again, that's LOCKED15, L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. I know you've talked about culture a lot with Jason Ross. You've talked about culture a lot, even with both Mark and Kyle uh, on on the television broadcast. But in addition to that crazy stat that I that I shared, the four straight road wins for the first time since 2003, maybe as impressive to me, or even more impressive, based off of the modern NBA, is the fact that Doug and I know you love this. The Kings have held their last three opponents to under 100 points, and the Kings are six and zero this season when they hold an opponent to under 100 points. That number, in my opinion, is a little glorified or glam glammed up because in the modern NBA if you hold a team under 100 you should be winning that yeah, game no doubt. but three straight for the Kings winning games not off the back of just outscoring people mm-hmm. 
But with so many important shooters and scorers out right now, they've been able to kind of transition into this. They can still score with the best of them, but now they're they're letting their defense do the talking a lot, especially guys like DeLon Wright who have yeah. taken over. Well, when you look at DeLon, and he's the type of player, same with Mo Harkless, Terrence uh, Davis, who, who has gotten here, our very own uh, De'Aaron Fox and Tyrese Halliburton are also examples of long-rangey wing players that are aggressive on the defensive end and get their hands on balls, deflections, things like that. And if you ever chart and you just go through, whenever the Kings play good defense, the deflections will be really high. And when they don't, the deflections will be really low. Not to mention deflections equate to engagement. And if you're engaged most times, that means you're going to track the basketball down and you're going to end the defensive possession with a rebound. And when you do that and give a team one shot, well – then all of a sudden, now you're cooking with grease. You go the other way, and offensively, they haven't even been as good as I think that they can be. But when you're winning games based upon your defense, that is what the championship teams do because you know every night it's not going to be the same on the offensive end. It's what they say. It's a miss, make or miss league. Okay, so especially from behind the arc and 26 and 28 feet. But on the defensive side, being locked in, being communicated, be willing to, to give for each other and, and sacrifice, helping the helper, not – uh, I'm going to stay with my guy. And then that guy gets a layup. And I've, I've seen it too many times. So there's a pick and roll. Big guy just rolls down the lane, and they're making out like they're in the M- uh, AMC in the corner over there. It's like, get off of them. Get in the lane. Help. Make them kick it to the corner. And now you're going to have to have a second, uh, you know, uh, another um, defensive movement to the corner, blocking out or, or contesting or whatever. But um, that's a commitment. And Luke, uh, in his conversation, was saying, you know, lack of practice time and different things contribute to that but um the guys that they've got since the trade deadline I think have really helped on the defensive end I know every coaching staff on the planet keeps track of this but you've brought up deflections is that something that we should see on a standard box score next to blocks and steals you think because everybody talks about it being such an important stat and I think there aren't enough defensive tracking stats other than steals and blocks and it's pretty rare when you see someone getting double digits there but deflections yeah deflections is a big one I, I definitely think so any any coaching staff worth their salt is going to track deflections because it, it it's it symbolizes a lot of different things um, not to mention the just the the ability to keep a team from running crisp offense and moving the basketball crisply and things like that um, you never know. Some someday, um, I would I would agree with you wholeheartedly. Though that's an area that did get your hand on a basketball. You should get credit for that, just like you're getting a steal. It's it it's the next step is a steal, but um, that is a big one because when you do have a high level of deflections, look at any game. Most times, that offense is not going to run as smoothly as it normally would. Luke Walton has talked a lot this season about how the best teams in the NBA are the ones who can play consistent on a night-in, night-out basis, and when one area of their game maybe isn't there, they supplement it with another area. You happen to play on one of the most consistent teams in NBA history uh, here in Sacramento back in the day, but... Uh, over a normal 82-game season, there are going to be fluctuations. There are going to be ups and downs. We have 10 less games, and I can't remember, speaking to the swings we were talking about earlier just in games, I can't remember a season, at least in my lifetime, of so many ups and downs for a team where they'll win 8 of 9, then lose 9 straight. Win 8 of 9, then lose 9 straight. Now here they are on a four-game yeah. win streak and in the in the play-in picture, starting the season 3-1, and one, sweeping the Nuggets and the Dallas Mavericks. It's, the ups and downs this season have been crazy. In your mind, what is a... 
what is a normal, healthy amount of fluctuation in a season? Like just things aren't going right. We're in a bad stretch versus the extreme that we've seen. How close is this team to normal, I guess? Well, it's really tough to win four games in a row. That's why it's not been done since I played here. Um, so I, I would say limiting the amount of times that you lose three games in a row, that's like the first one. Really good teams don't lose three in a row. They'll lose two in a row, but they won't lose three in a row. That's like elite mm-hmm. top three, top four teams. But that next level is because what it when we were playing, we would say to each other, okay, we're not going to lose three in a row. And whenever we lost the second one, the third game was like a playoff game. The intensity, the attention to detail. Not that it wasn't there in other games, but like – don't be the guy to drop the rope here. Just everyone lock in. So those are the little benchmarks that you have to give yourself as a team. It's like, okay, we've, we've lost two in a row. This next one is big time. Or maybe let's for the Kings, you've lost three in a row. This next one is huge, and the effort should be palpable. It should jump off the screen, picking up a full court traps, all the different things because you're on one polar end and you're trying to get to the other. And doing normal doesn't get you there. You got to sprint. You have to jump. You got to go to get to the other end. And too many times with our team, I think that there's been a nonchalant attitude. And I, when you come out, you just you can't come out that way. And even when I think about the, the beating by the Utah Jazz, I mean, you're down by 10, 20, 30, 40, 54. And I, I don't even remember once that they picked up full court. And that's, that has to be, as a, to a man, unacceptable. Um, you, you got to get at and get after people. Marvin Bagley's been excellent since returning, and, and some of the numbers he's been putting up. Now, I didn't expect him to score 30 points, but one of the, my major concerns when I heard that Bagley was like, likely coming back here at the end of the season, especially with the injuries to Fox and Halliburton, was, okay, Bagley's going to put up numbers, but they're going to be empty stats. It's going to look good on the box score, but the Kings losing by 5 or 10. It's just going to be empty numbers at the end of another losing season. I was concerned about that. Mm-hmm. What I've been most impressed with, DC, is how much more comfortable Marvin looks, especially after all the time that not only he had off because of injury, he was away from the team. Yeah. But he's come back, and yeah. at least from my perspective, he looks like he's scoring in the flow of the offense, not stopping the mm-hmm. offense to get his. His passing has been significantly better. He's trying to move the ball. And then on defense, the word that's been used a lot with him, which I don't necessarily think is totally fair at times, but I've used it, liability. Mm-hmm. It lo- it's looked like on defense that he at least knows where he's supposed to be and knows how to make the play. And if he screws up, <coughs> he still goes, all right, I, I messed up there, but I know how I messed up. I don't know where that adjustment came from during this. Have you noticed any changes with him? Uh, absolutely. I, I think there's a, there's a growth in players, man, and it takes time. I mean, if you, if you look at some of the players that have been given up on and all of a sudden uh, Julius Randle comes to mind, that he's bounced around and now all of a sudden he's an all-star. I mean, Marvin has that type of skill set, in my opinion. He needs to be polished, but he definitely does. Um what speaks to me is that the professionalism that he took to make sure that he was ready to be in shape and get onto the court immediately. And that tells me that he's locked in. Um, I've watched Luke and him sit down and watch film and different stuff. It takes a while to translate from watching it 
to doing it, especially when you don't have a lot of practice time, not to mention in high school, I'm sure that they didn't probably, I mean, he was dominant. You don't need to do too much in high school. Then he gets to college and it, Coach K is like, ah, we'll just run his own yeah. because I don't have time to teach you guys this stuff. Now he's at the NBA with the best ISO players in the world and he's learning on the fly. He's very up and down on defense where defense, you've got to kind of be like a, a type or like a crab, just one, and everything's moving down f- low fast, but it looks real smooth up top. And those are learned traits, but um, even when he gets beat, he tries to track it down. So many different things. There's been footwork and patience and aggressiveness and intention of movement that I've seen from Marvin that I'm, I'm highly, highly impressed about. And I personally would not give up on that kid. I, 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 he's, he's one that will come back and get you. We'll end with this. I've been fascinated and happy to see you brought up Julius Randle the changes that the New York Knicks have made. I think the Knicks being good is phenomenal for basketball. I can't really remember in my lifetime the Knicks being good. So to have good basketball being played in Madison Square Garden is is cool. It's exciting to me. Uh, And this season, the addition of Tom Thibodeau and their coaching staff, and all of a sudden that team has a defense-first identity that's led to the success plus the the scoring jumps of, of Randall and the rest of that roster. But how much is it? Thibodeau deserves a lot of credit, and rightfully so. And and I deserve, I believe, coaches deserve more credit than they get in the mm-hmm. modern NBA. But how much of it, in your mind, just from your perspective, Doug, was it? A coach coming in with this philosophy, this defense-first philosophy, and then the players completely buying in and embracing that. Because I could imagine if Thibodeau had come here to Sacramento or take this Kings roster and put them in New York, Mm -hmm. if you had gotten the same buy-in from this Kings roster, I don't see why they couldn't be at least decent on the defensive end. I I would agree. It's a total buy-in, and that is what has to happen. And the fact is that, to their credit, that's what they did. And the the front office has supported him and said that, you know, hands off. Hey, you do your thing. And now all of a sudden you see them playing defense and competing because you know if you don't play the defense, and it's not that you're going to stop everybody every night, but he needs to see that the effort, intention to detail is there, scouting reports. Why are you running to a guy that shoots 25 and you left a guy who shoots 39? That doesn't make any sense. Please tell me why you're doing that. Those are the type of things. Why were you late on the help? You shouldn't have been where you were. And th- these are things that he definitely focuses on. And really on the other end of the floor, he just lets them play basketball. And that's why they're winning. And shout out to them because I wasn't sure if it was going to work. But the fact is that they're all on the same page. And when you get on the same page that way, you really get good results. I'm going to sneak in one more. Is that on in your mind, Luke Walton or even Rex Kalamian here in Sacramento to hold those guys accountable, bring that accountability on defense? Or in your mind, is that the duty of the players on the floor? Can you think back no, to that's that, uh, Yeah, that, that's, I mean, Luke has come on and said as much. I mean, without practice time and different things like that. But understand that uh, they, I'm sure, practice in New York. And they get out, he comes from a, a different um, culture. And here it's like every other day. And, you know, you got some veterans and different things. But, yeah, that's something that, that Luke has said, like, look, we have to be better on the defensive end. And every time that you normally see the Kings have a practice, they come out and the the performance is usually better on that end. Mm. And that's why, to me, not to mention that they're still playing really hard for Luke, tells me everything that I need to know about him in the locker room and him as a coach, the fact that they respect him. 
A massive thank you again to Doug Christie for coming back here on the Locked on Kings podcast. I know you always enjoy when that legend stops by. I'm sure he was happy to see Vlade Divac in the building last night for the Kings win over the Oklahoma City Thunder. He talked about a lot of interesting stuff, the approach to this offseason, Marvin Bagley, talking about Luke Walton there at the end. If you want to comment on anything that he brought up, anything that we discussed, please do so at Matt George Radio on Twitter, or you can email me, mgeorge at sacklocalmedia.com. And while you're doing that, why don't you answer these two questions that I'm going to spend a lot of time talking about on tomorrow's Locked on Kings podcast. Question number one is here is a list of Kings players. I want you to arrange them into keep and move this offseason and give me a little explanation why. Buddy Heald, Harrison Barnes, Marvin Bagley, Rashawn Holmes, Mo Harkless, Terrence Davis, and DeLon Wright. Put them into a list of keep and and move and explain why. You can keep all of them. You can move all of them if you want. Just provide a little explanation for me. We're going to go into that in more detail on tomorrow's Locked on Kings podcast. And finally, take this current Kings roster with this great second unit that the Kings have and restart the season with everybody healthy. I'm not giving them a a clean ballot of health throughout the entire season, but restart this season with this roster healthy with the current depth that the Kings have. Are the Kings above or below the eighth seed Warriors right now who are 35 and 33 on the season? Are they above or below the Warriors with a healthy starting five and DeLon Wright, Mo Harkless, Terrence Davis, Chemezi Metu, Damian Jones providing that depth off the bench? Depth that the Kings really didn't have at any point early in this season. One of their biggest weaknesses throughout this season. Are they above or below the Golden State Warriors? Answer those two questions for me. We're going to spend a lot of time talking about that on tomorrow's Locked on Kings podcast. Thank you to all of you who have reached out about our issue currently with Apple Podcasts. Believe me, it is frustrating all of us here at the Locked On Podcast Network, an issue with Apple Podcasts that is not just affecting our network, is affecting a lot of podcasts not refreshing right now. Believe me, it has done a a number on our downloads. It has done a number on the downloads of all podcasts across the planet right now. We're trying to work it out. We're trying to figure it out. I'm sure people over at Apple are scrambling to try and come up with a fix and figure out what it was that happened exactly. So once we do get a fix, I will let you know. In the meantime, you can either go on to Apple Podcasts and look up each show by its title. I've heard that's a way that you can find uh, the most recent Locked on Kings podcasts or a much easier way. They're still updating on Spotify. They're still updating on Odyssey. They're still updating uh, on like Podbean and and other areas where you can get your podcast. I encourage you in the meantime to go and listen on one of those platforms until we get this issue fixed. I'm so sorry to all of you who have struggled to keep up with recent Locked on Kings podcasts because of this Apple issue. Uh, I hope to get it fixed as soon as possible and get you back here on the Locked on Kings podcast, especially with the important, important, important Kings offseason coming up. So know that we're working through that and we will get it fixed as soon as possible for you thank you for uh, tuning in thank you for being so patient waiting for this doug christie interview i'm glad i was finally able to provide it for you please join me on tomorrow's podcast answer both those questions i look forward to discussing those in more detail until next time my name is matt george you have been listening to locked on kings part of the locked on podcast network you are locked on kings your daily sacramento kings podcast part of the locked on podcast network Your team, every day.